Hey, brother. Sorry, I didn't actually see that you were calling me. Hello, brother. That was a, that's going to be a long intro if you let that play. <laughs> no, my, my editing skills are up to the task, I think. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. How's it going? It's going good, man. Long time no talk. Long time no talk indeed. What the heck? It's been like, what, a month and a half? A week and a half. Week and a half. I get my I get my weeks and my months mixed up. Well, it's just when you, you when you miss me, you really miss me. It's know? true. Absence, as they say, makes the heart grow fonder. You feeling fonder of me? Yeah. Oh, shoot. Uh, <laughs> uh, you didn't expect me to be so nice. No, I didn't. I thought you were gonna say something mean. I was trying to think of something mean that like rhymed maybe, and I just couldn't do it. Oh, instead of absent makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah, just doesn't doesn't really rhyme. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Anyways, how's it going, man? Pretty good, pretty good. My mic situation is a little bit different today, so hopefully I sound all right. You you sound pretty good. All right. the The boom arm was annoying me, so I got a little uh, little tripod to set my mic on. It's just sitting in front of me, so I don't I don't look like I'm on the radio today. You got a lot of accoutrements for recording. Uh, I feel like I have the same amount of accoutrement as you. That's not true. You have all the boom, you have all the, the little, well, the little, the like pop said, filters and the things. I don't, I'm not using a boom mic right now. Okay. Just a regular so you, mic. And I bought a, uh, one of those, um, little fuzzy tops for it. So it, uh, the sound sounds good. <laughs> so is it like a little, little cap, a little fuzzy cap? Yeah, you know, like how, you know, classic microphone with the fuzzy thing on it, like a clown's nose. Except it's black. <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're some real audio professionals. That's probably a word for that thing. Uh, I think it's a pop. Is it a pop filter? I, I thought that was, was the big filter. circle. I thought I think the big that circle. That is a windscreen, actually. I don't know. Okay. I, Wind- I don't actually is know. Is it windy in your studio? It can be when I've got uh, the fan on, which I don't because, again, audio professional and I want it to sound good. Is it that hot there? Do you need a fan? Well, this room. God, this is boring. This room doesn't get good you, airflow. You've also so, told us about this. When they built your room, they didn't they didn't really build any way to get cool air in there. So yeah, I guess so. Yeah, exactly. Man, <laughs> we're already repeating things. We're only we're less than thirty episodes into this. I know. Well, it just turns out we're not that interesting. <laughs> well, I that's what this means. I could have told you that. All right. Well, you got any check in round question? Because I think I could. I'm just I pulling up my up list. I'm pulling up my list right now. Oh, okay. You have a list. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you could acquire a new skill in an instant, what would it be? Hmm. <laughs> I really want to say like, there's gotta be things that may be better for my career and things like that. But I That's think it's so be cool. boring. I know. I just here's the thing. I've always wanted to know how to play the guitar, but I've never really dedicated the time it takes. So I think it'd be cool if I could just snap my fingers and know how to play guitar. I think that would be. I don't know how much it would do for me, but it'd make me really cool at parties, so. Oh, gosh. I swear this wasn't a setup. I already got that skill, brah. Yeah, you just showed us all. <laughs> that was really good. I, it's almost like you baited me into that question oh, somehow. Like, come on. You knew come what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, so that could strum two, two of the four chords I know. And what were those chords, Sam? I don't know, the two-finger ones. 
Perfect. Well, what about you then? What what skill would you? Guitar's you... up there. Guitar's up there. Uh, well, you just you don't need that. We already gone over that. Yeah, You're we've good. already established. I'm pretty pretty great at it. Um, lately I've been thinking. I wish I wish I could program. I want to code. Mm. I want to. Yeah, I, I get, make I get your newsletter. I saw that. Yeah. You thinking about about taking a coding course or something? Maybe. Uh, I mean, maybe I'm gonna more so self teach at the moment. Uh, gotcha. But... Maybe maybe someday down the line. Like I'm such I'm so into the tech and nerd world, but that was just one thing that I never really dedicated any time to, and it's always kind of bugged me. So maybe maybe this old dog can learn a new trick. What kind of what kind of apps you want to make, Sam? iOS apps. I mean, yeah, like any like are these all secret? You can't tell us because oh, someone else will make them. No, no, I don't have really any <laughs> ideas at the moment. I mean, I have some ideas, but they are far too ill-formed to even talk about yet. Gotcha. And they're probably very specific to what, like task management things. Uh, sort of. Also, you have to understand, I am so far from being able to do anything with those ideas that I it would be a waste of time. Yeah. I I I know almost nothing. Gotcha. Well, just snap your fingers. That's yeah, apparently that's right. all you gotta do. If, if and, checking around if that, if, they, if that was true, you'd be strumming along on the guitar, and I'd be uh, coding some cool apps. Wow, too cool, dude. <laughs> only the closest thing I can do right now is eat apps. That's good. That's a good dad joke. Thank you. All right. Well, I have potentially the oldest follow-up slash callback to, yeah, an, OG, for, to really... an OG episode. I'm really curious as to why this is coming back around. Well, I have a friend who just started listening to our podcast, so new wow. listener. All right, great. Um, but he got a biology degree, and is a friend of mine from high school who is very way knows way more about nature and animals and and amphibians than we do. Um, and <laughs> you don't know how much I know about amphibians, but sure, oh, go I, ahead. Oh, I, I think I do. Um, and he responded that after listening to the first episode. Um, telling us why you would not be able to farm giant lizard tails because Sam said that basically we should be farming giant lizards and taking their tails. I'm just saying just it makes a lot of sense. You don't have to kill the animal. They regrow a part that can fall off. And if we could figure out a way to cook and really market lizard meat, uh, lizard tail meat as something that is desirable, then I think we have a pretty obvious uh, economic opportunity here. Okay. So, well, Jimmy says otherwise. And uh, basically it's because... You want to know? You want to know the reasons? I, I yeah. If you just want to crap all over my dreams, go for it. Yeah. Basically, they can only grow them back so many times. There's a finite number of times they can grow their tail back. Is it more um, than one? It's more than one. Still doable. Because okay. after they do it, after they can't grow it back anymore, guess what? Now you get now you get lizard haunches and then lizard steaks. Doesn't seem worth it. Um, but basically, this, the break would have to be in a different place each time. That's fine. Um, that's fine. We can figure that out. <laughs> Uh, also, this is a pretty obvious one, I think, here really, is that they require so much food in order to survive that you'd probably use more meat keeping them alive than you'd get. Uh, I'm not so. going to feed them meat. Okay. I mean, that's true for cows. That's true for pigs. They eat a crap ton. Mm-hmm. But they're eating a crap ton of, like, grain and grass, fairly cheap things to produce than, hypothetically, meat. No. Um, but you know what? You're right. Lizards. This might just be more of this might just be more of an expose on the whole um, meat industry as a whole, Sam. Yeah. So well, we don't so, need to dive I mean, into that I, today. <laughs> here, I mean, I appreciate that you have a friend. You have somehow conned a friend into starting from the beginning on on this podcast. Uh, but I, I I hate that they're gonna have to hear this. Your your friend is just uh, full full of of crap. 
Well, the good news is he's 17 episodes behind, so by the time he hears that, <laughs> we'll have I'm gonna moved be, on. I'm going uh, to – by the time he hears that, I will have, like, done a bunch of push-ups and I could get ready to fight him. I thought maybe you were going to do some science and research to find out maybe how you were <laughs> correct. Ah, ah, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. That physical like physical fighting. Work. Yeah, physical fighting seems like the way to go. Uh-huh. Um, but, okay, that's the only follow-up I had, though. All right. Uh, I don't think I have any either. Oh, Emily heard her ad. Um, nobody has reached out to her. She's a little bit disappointed about that, but I think it's probably for the best. Yeah, I think it's the small um, – does she realize the pool of people that were getting, you know, that advertising was, was maybe not yeah, – uh, mostly family, and uh, they she'll probably be at any wedding they're at. Yeah, so. and yeah, I didn't really want to talk too much about what her $20 actually bought her. Um, I think it's probably just better for everyone if we just kind of stop there. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been a while. So what have you been up to? I'm turning my gain up a little bit because I think I might be too quiet. Okay. You're never too quiet. <laughs> what have you been up to? How about – no, you're uh, the – you're – oh, actually, no, I'm too high. No, I'm too high. Hold on. I'm going, going back down. Going back well, it's because you yelled. You got hype. Okay. So <laughs> you're the reason we didn't record last week. So, hey, Mr. Fancy Pants, why don't you tell us what you were up to? I thought we tried to reschedule earlier in the week and then you we couldn't tried. either. We tried. We tried, but it was your fault. Okay, sure. I can't. My honest memory, so my memory is so bad that I can't remember if it's truly my fault or if you were also busy. But it's I, fine. I also can't remember. Okay, good, 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 good. You were the initial <laughs> busy one. I was. Um, so last weekend was a uh, Haley's whole family, um, with her her parents and her sister and her sister's now fiance all came to Boston um, for a long weekend. So we basically did a Boston staycation. Um, Is this the I first time you've spent much time in Boston? Yeah. Yeah. We Haley and I have gone down there for like – we've never spent a full night down there or anything. We go down – we went down for 4th of July. We've been down to Cambridge, Somerville, which is just outside the city. Uh, we've like hopped around a little bit but never spent enough time, never done anything touristy really. Um, so this was all intended to be kind of um, – her sister had an itinerary of things she wanted to do. But for the most part, this was also us getting to be touristy, um, right. which was fun. Because there's a lot to see down there. Um, well, Thursday night was this is probably the most important part of the trip. It was that we were, they were here at the restaurant here in Groton, and uh, her sister's boyfriend at the time then proposed up at the castle, which you didn't get to see the castle when you were here. No. Nope. But um, we helped coordinate the proposal, so it'd be a surprise when she went up there. Neat. Success went well, and then Good we job. got to eat a pretty amazing dinner. What'd you um, have? What'd you have? Oh, Oh, we ate so much food, but the the standouts would have been. I did eat some of our lamb. It was in a. <laughs> Can you tell which one it was? Was it no. William? <laughs> I couldn't tell. Right. You know, it was a it was a ragu, so it was kind of like mixed with a lot of other things. You know, it wasn't just the pure lamb, mm-hmm. but it was it was really good. It was a sweet potato gnocchi with lamb ragu, yeah, which was phenomenal. Um, shishito peppers with some halloumi cheese that was pretty incredible. Um, and then I had the steak. Basically, the, the steak I had last time you were here had again, and then mixed up the sides this time with the. Well, I didn't mix up the mac and cheese. You can never, never not eat the mac and cheese. Oh yeah, um, obviously. But we got a bunch of the different farm sides to kind of try some of the vegetables and stuff coming from the farm. Um, and then yeah, nothing. Then we had an apple crisp for dessert, which was pretty incredible. Got me in the got me in the fall the fall spirit. Um, so that was Thursday, and then Friday morning we dropped Boca off at a boarding place. Um, for the first time ever so that we could be officially away from the dog. And then we went down to Boston. Was it hard for you? 
it wasn't for me, but Haley was a little. She felt like she was dropping her kid off at school, <laughs> and they just kept, she didn't get a chance to say goodbye to Boca. She didn't realize that they were just like taking her to go take her back to all the other dogs. So she handed Boca over, and then they just like walked away, and she didn't get to say bye. And it really <laughs> choked her up. Um, so right. that was a little tough. That's, that's very cute. Yeah, but um, so we went down to Boston. We stayed. They got a Airbnb in the North End, which is like Little Italy. Um, we were right across the street from the Paul Revere house, which is pretty cool. So the house he lived in for a while there. Cool. Um, the streets are cobblestone, like super narrow, and it's Italian restaurants everywhere. Literally, it woke up. We woke up and smelled garlic, like garlic toast. Mm. And it was just, yeah, it was. We were surrounded by incredible food and pizza, um, which played heavily into our weekend eating as we ate a lot of pizza. But um, at a boy. Um, so that was really nice place. It was beautiful. Um, we walked around the North end quite a bit. And then from there, it's really easy, easy to access kind of government center, which is like the core of downtown. Um, fun things that we do. We did the freedom trail, which is basically, um, just stops along Boston that are all related to, um, early, yeah, yeah. Early, early America, basically. So the Paul Revere house, um, you know, some of these, uh, original cemeteries that have some incredibly old, um, gravestones. We went and stopped by the, you know, the square where the Boston massacre took place. Um, different meeting, you know, different taverns that they've met in. The, you know, the the oldest mm-hmm. active tavern in the United States, the Bell in Hand. Um, the Green Drag, the Green Dragon, or something like that, is the one that they used to always meet at to kind of do their their planning for the revolution. Um, a lot of cool stuff like that. So we did kind of walked around. That was a good way to kind of see Boston as well. Um, we were unaware that, that was the weekend of the climate rally. Um, it was gnarly downtown. I mean, there was just people everywhere. I'm sure. Um, so that was that gave me the wrong impression of how. I mean, Boston's busy as a city, but this was like overwhelmingly busy in like the main government center area. Right. Um, just asses to ankles out there, um, with just so many people and yeah. fired up people, all carrying signs and yelling things. Yeah, that's um, that's generally how protests go. No, no one's ever quiet about it. No. Um, that's fine. No one does a silent protest, but whatever. Um, but that's, that's probably not true. But okay, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure there is a, a such thing. Um, you know, it's kind of what like a sit-in and stuff used to be. Yeah. But whatever. This one was not one of those. Okay. Um, have you spent much time in Boston? No, actually. Even having lived on the East Coast for a while now, I um, I've never walked around like Boston proper. I have gone through it several times. I have flown into it several times and then driven like out into the suburbs or out somewhere else, but I've never actually done anything in Boston itself. It's, I mean, obviously very nice, but it's very, it was very walkable, which was cool. You know, we, we did walk about five to seven miles. Is it obviously very nice? I feel like in my brain, uh-huh. I think Boston is terrible. And I think this is probably just because the Bruins are there and I hate the Bruins. And I yeah. realize that doesn't make a lot of sense just because I hate your hockey team doesn't mean your your city is garbage. But in my brain, that connection has been made. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I saw a bunch of Brad Marchands walking around. Wow. Um, but I think – no, I think it is – if you think about all the, the amount of history and yeah, the, the architecture and alone. I, I love really history, cool. so – yeah, there was. Um, I'm sure I appreciate. Yeah, I think it. the actual city itself visually is very pretty when you get down on and walk around the city a bit. Um, and if you love seafood, I mean, there's a lot of very good seafood. I do um, love we, seafood. I love that ocean food. We did ocean food. We like did that, eat like at a that place. callback. Like that callback. Mm-hmm, that was good. Mm-hmm. You did, the best part about a callback, Sam, is you don't have to acknowledge oh, it. It's a callback. I guess that ruins the callback. <laughs> sure does. <laughs> 
But uh, we ate at a place called the Barking Crab, which was just like a big circus tent right on the water. Wow, that in is Boston. a um, that is an image that I'm having a very easy time conjuring up, and I do not like it. What this the circus bark- tent of no a barking oh, crab? Barking crab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that place was great though. It was a great great lobster roll, great chowder. Is that what you had? Um, I, I had I had the lobster roll. I did try the chowder. Someone else got it. Um, we put something else there too, maybe oysters. Um, but we, that was recommended to us to go to go eat there. Um, other than that, we just were real touristy, walking through basically all the main the the main the Boston Common, cool. all these different areas. What uh, what'd you get me? What I get you? It's in yeah. the mail. Okay. Just, you know, the post the post office though, you know, they can be slow. You so sent me some chowder through the mail. It's a lobster roll. <laughs> it's actually it's actually a pure lobster. You have to make it into the roll, but oh, it's you know it's a, right. he's coming through the mail. He's gonna be angry. Yeah, he's gonna be pissed. <laughs> and it's not gonna be as fresh as when I grabbed him. But you know what? It's all right. Um, what else did we do? We did go to we did one art museum because you got to do an art museum. Um, you see of, any good arts? We did this one. This museum is pretty cool because so it's called the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum. She was just basically a very rich lady who built a really, really nice house in the city and she was an art collector. Um, so the bottom three floors, she turned into like a gallery and then she lived on the fourth floor. Um, and the middle of the, it's actually a very picturesque museum. If you look up pictures of it, the middle courtyard is, um, very Italian where it's an actual, it's, you know, conservatory glass roof way up there on the fourth floor. All the floors look into the courtyard basically. Um, there's fountains and stuff. It's very, very, very picturesque, um, and it is just like nestled into the city, um, and it's kind Wait. of actually a, a boring building from the outside. But it's all of her personal art collection, and in her will, she said that you can't move anything. So, where the way she had it arranged is how she wants it arranged. Um, that's, and they, a, they, that's such a like a bitchy thing to put in your will. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, don't I know I'm about to die, but don't touch my stuff. I got it how I like it. Just don't touch my records. Don't touch. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and she did. I mean, she did curate a pretty cool museum. Um, from, you know, she has Rembrandts and um, Vermeers and other, you know, Degas, oh. all these other very famous um, artists. I mean, she and she has some pretty impressive stuff from like twelve B, you know, like twelve hundred BC, and some incredibly old um, carvings and statues as well. So it's not all just like you know modern art or more modern to her time she really collected and went um out and about to get her stuff it's cool she outbid a lot of like huge art museums um at these art auctions um to curate her personal collection um so the museum is cool each room is kind of like a different color and a theme there's a whole tapestry room there's a dutch room there's all these different there's a portrait room um but anyways the thing that makes it super interesting is the fact that um there was the the biggest like art heist ever happened there in nineteen oh I'm gonna mess it up nineteen ninety where basically a couple of guys dressed as Boston police officers came in um, and stole thirteen pieces of art um, some of them being like full scale like five foot by four foot on canvas paintings where they cut them out with like an exacto blade rolled them up um, and they've never resurfaced any of them. Um, the estimated worth is like you know thirteen to like fifteen million dollars, something crazy. I don't understand uh, how that is possible. Uh, how do mean, you how do you go how how bad is your security that that is? Mm. I know. Well, here's the thing. Everyone point out. So a lot of the art, you know, 
everything is out that you're not supposed to obviously touch anything. And it does right. say like, don't touch this, don't just, but it's a very open museum as well. And there is at the time that apparently they had like one security guard as a college kid. Oh, and there's a documentary, there's a documentary out there where I guess they've gone and interviewed him. Um, you know, he was like 19, 20 years old at the time. And now he's like a hermit living in the woods in Vermont. Like it like ruined his life apparently. Oh, really? That, oh, God, that he that's was the security, the security guard that, you know, like what was he supposed to do? He's one guy for a giant yeah. museum. Um, and there's like, I mean, I'm sure no 20 year old was going to stop like right. Boston police officers like walking around. Now, if you saw them maybe cutting the art, <laughs> visually cutting the art, like, oh, this is a bad Even one. then, I feel like they could probably <laughs> give me an answer that I'd be like, yeah. oh, okay. No, no, she told us to take this one down. Mayor wants it. Okay, yeah, just take that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyways, all the art is, is that's it's still missing. Um, it's never resurfaced. There's still like, it's still an open investigation. Um, as, as Haley pointed out, we don't even know how they got it out of there because, like, it's not like you got a – she called it – you don't have a police purse you can put it in. You know, you can't just put your, your rolled up paintings in a police purse and walk out of there. And some yeah. of the things they sold were huge. They pulled one off the wall that was like a giant painting and left it behind because I think they realized it was too big. Um, wow. The, I think the heist and all took like 13 to 15 minutes. They were a very quick turnaround. And uh, the cool thing – I mean not cool, but they did leave – the actual frames up still the way it was so kind of one well, yeah they weren't, allowed, they weren't allowed to change it because exactly the they weren't allowed to change anything and it kind of sends like a, a cool message it's a weird eerie feeling when you walk into yeah um, this giant room of art and there's beautiful paintings and then you look on the wall and there's two huge empty frames huh. um and it's in a couple different spots the museum have the spots where they're missing from that one of them was a rembrandt that was a seascape it was the only seascape he ever painted um is missing um, three or four Degas like graphite illustrations that were kind of small. Um, so some pretty, some high profile stuff. They did steal a vase from 900 BC or something crazy. One of the oldest vases in the, the museum. Wow. Um, so yeah, this was only, I mean, this was, I guess, 29 years ago, but, um, so that was pretty cool. I mean, it's, it is one of the things that people are most interested about going there, but, uh, it's a, a really cool museum. So that was fun. Should we quit our jobs and become like mystery uh, hunters and go f- and go solve this. I think so. This was our this was our guess. If it's ever going to resurface somewhere, it's going to resurface in like a drug cartel like mansion or something. Yeah, well, I just don't understand how because okay, you can't so sell it you exactly. Can't sell it. Why? Uh, presumably, you're stealing stuff so that you can sell it and make a bunch of money. But mm-hmm. if they never showed up, they must just be in the black market. I guess that makes sense. If you have some yeah. shady character who's willing to pay you cash and not display it, I guess. Or, I mean, you know, and some – all the craziness of like, you know, like the El Chapo's like estate of like tunnels yeah. and things and the things they have hidden. I'm sure they're hidden somewhere or or even up somewhere in some um, place that's impossible to get into or something. But it is pretty – I mean, it's very intriguing that whole idea of even just like, yeah, what do you do with an art heist? You know, where do you even, where do you even go? How do you even know the right channels to move it? But what do we know about where you sell legal art? Um, yeah. Which is it's my side gig, but so that's basically the one museum we hit up, and then we actually walked from there um, through Fenway Park into Somerville and Cambridge, which is walking through. We walked through MIT's campus, um, and Cambridge Somerville area is it's also where Harvard is. is very like um, it's all neighborhoods for the most part. It's very they describe it as like the Brooklyn of Boston. It's very uh, hipster town. Um, we did, and this proves what, and it's a little bit like Portland, a little weird too. Um, that's their thing. Is but we walked through during Fluff Fest, which is what do you think this is a festival about, Sam? Hmm, either furries <laughs> or 
puppies. Nope, it's for the marshmallow fluff. What? You know the stuff that like a fluffer, you know, like a fluffer nutter. You know how John yeah. will never eat a fluffer nutter. Yeah. Um, the marshmallow fluff was invented by a guy in Somerville. I don't know what year. But anyways, they have a whole festival where they shut down a street downtown Somerville, wow. and like so many vendors and people sketchily selling marshmallow sandwiches in bags, and <laughs> just people people everywhere. Um, marshmallow so fluff we, is disgusting. I I felt like when we had it as kids, I think it was because of Joey, it was like a delicacy. Like we were super excited about having Jet Puff, whatever it was called. Um, I don't think – I don't remember us ever owning – ever having it. Must have been I after my time. I think we very rarely got it. But I think Joey will report how he felt about it. But I'm pretty sure he was a big fan of it. Um, it is kind of gross. It sticks that. to everything. Yeah. Um, Joey liking it. You can yeah. see that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so we walked past Fluff Fest, hung out in Somerville for a while. Um Trying to get anything else. We did go to one of those giant, or very, very old uh, taverns. Um, one called The Point, which was the smallest bar I've ever been in with the world's loudest band. Um, really right. doing the founding, really doing the founding fathers some justice as they had the upstairs was a club just blasting um, dance music, and the downstairs had a band mostly playing grunge and alternative rock. Well, we all know that George Washington loved dubstep. He did. He did. I remember uh, reading I, about that. I could basically just see him uh, up there. He loved drop. Was it dropping the bass? <laughs> yeah, he loved the beat drop. Oh, he loves. He loves. G Dubs loves a good beat drop. Um, and I then, mean, it had a different meaning back then. They were literally dropping beats. Yeah, like on the ground because it was you know there was no electricity. But same. It's it's where it's where dubstep comes Wait, from. How does? Them dropping beats have anything to do with electricity. What do you mean? That, that's the noise? They well, like no, I'm just saying, you know, obviously they didn't have electronic music in the 1700s, but mm. that is where dubstep comes from. And the beat drop now is, you know, dropping the, the, the sound, you know, in a electronic music. But a beat drop in, back in his day was literally dropping a beat on the ground, but mm-hmm. they dropped it on like the surface so that it sounded the same. And that's where the sound of a beat drop comes oh. from. Sure, sure, sure. Such a historian. I mean, you're going to learn some things when you talk to me. And then the last day, we drove up to Salem, Massachusetts, see on the witches? North Shore. So what were you saying? You said you see any witches? Oh, um, well, you see a lot of people. It's a okay. It's a really weird vibe in Salem because it's a town that only exists because this terrible thing happened there, right? right. Um, you know, twenty-two people were basically killed for witchcraft, mm-hmm. and um, they decided to basically make that their identity right? Which so that they weird. could stay on the map. So it's a weird Awkward. thing. So there's people going around dressed as witches, which is kind of odd because that's what people died for. And there's just a lot of like street buskers that are like dressed all crazy trying to get tips and like, you know, like it's like Halloween all the time. Um, yeah, especially right now. So like right now being close to Halloween, it was especially bad, but it's just a tourist trap. I mean, there's a like witch museum. There's all these weird things. Um, so that stuff was kind of like a bit of a bummer to – it just like it was just not exactly what I expected, but people had told us that that's kind of what Salem is like. But we did – it was cool to see. You know, a, a, There's a cemetery there that has um, an original passenger from the Mayflower um, buried there, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, it's a really nice memorial to all 22 people that were killed during that time period. Mr. Mayflower um, himself. It, yep. Mm-hmm. It was a captain of, of uh, maybe everyone was called captain back then, though. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how that works? I, I mean, I always assume kind of everybody in Great Britain was called governor. Yeah. So everybody was this, a governor. So this governor, this was Cap, uh, Captain Moore, I think, or something. But um, hmm. 
So that was I'm trying to think what else we saw in Salem. Um, the town, the, the architecture is cool as well. There's some really beautiful homes. Um, the main stretch is cool and cobblestone and, and interesting looking. But um, I think as a little bit of a letdown for everybody, <laughs> the actual um, what all you could actually do there. But um, lastly, we drove up through Manchester by the Sea, which is a rich person town on the water, and then ended in Gloucester which is where we hung out, ate more seafood, and then we had to go back to get the dog. Um, we had they, a company retreat in Gloucester. It's, very, it's a very nice area. Yeah, um, it was pretty cool. We did, yeah, we did a little coastal drive up that way. We, um, drove, one, we did uh, kayaks on the like estuary there. Oh, that's, yeah, that's nice. Wait, was it around where that drawbridge is? You know the drawbridge in Gloucester? No. Uh, no, I don't remember seeing a drawbridge. There's the world's most inconven- inconvenient drawbridge in Gloucester, which goes up, it seems like every... Five to ten minutes, it goes up, um, and then it stays up for at least ten minutes to let you know all as many boats can get through at a time, and then they close it, and then they let traffic go for a bit. But the traffic backs up for like a quarter mile, so if you got caught in the back of it, you're going to get caught again in the front of it. It was just an absolute shit show, but um, I guess boats. that's how they designed it. Boats are always just ruin things for everyone. Mm-hmm. Just rich people cars. Yeah, <laughs> and then. The one last thing that I forgot to mention that I mean, we I did. I think rich people cars are just really nice cars. Rich, <laughs> that's true. Um, the last thing we did see that was kind of cool in the north end, uh, you're, there's a house that's called the Spite House. I don't know if you know that. Have you ever heard of that? Or this, I think it's also called the Slim House or the Skinny House. No. But basically the story behind it is um, these two brothers, their father passed away, left them this land in Boston to for their families, um, this lot. And one brother was off in the war and the other one, they did not get along well. So the one that was at home said, well, I know what I'll do. I'll just build on like majority of the lot. Not the whole lot because he still needs to get some. So he left them about like a little eight-foot swath, you know, from the street front all the way back. Um, and he built a big, nice, beautiful um, house in Boston. And the brother came back from the war and was like, okay, no, I see what you did here. And went ahead and built this incredibly skinny home um, to spite his brother and block all of his like sunlight and windows he had put in. Um, so it's a eight foot wide house. I think in the front, it kind of opens up a little wider in the back, but not much, uh, four stories tall. That is just like slid right in there. Um, which is pretty funny. That is hilarious. Actually. <laughs> it's a I good look it up now. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a tiny little guy. Um, and that was pretty close to our, our Airbnb, uh, in the North end. Um, other than that, just, I mean, when you're walking around Boston, there's plaques everywhere for, you know, areas that part of it is the tourism at all, but also just like, you know, this church was this, this is the tower that Paul Revere alerted people over in Charleston, you know, that, 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 um, you know, the British were coming and things like that. So there is a lot of cool stuff to see, um, just walking around, but you see that slim house. Yeah, I see it. It's pretty, pretty slim. Pretty slim. (laughs) But, all uh, right. Any yeah, other any other Boston? This is this is becoming the Boston podcast with uh, um, Max nothing Carlin. else. We, we walked around. We ate a lot of food. Drank some beer. So all good things. We we did eat a terrifying amount of food, but um, and we ate supposedly the the, the number one boss or number one pizza place in Boston, Regina's. We ate, we got pizza from the original one in the North End. Um, it was really good. Definitely the best pizza I've had since we moved here. So you'll have to come out here sometime. We can stay in the North End, Sam. You can just get your pizza fill. All right. Carbo load for an entire weekend. <laughs> I mean, you're just describing most of my weekends. Yeah, exactly. So and why not do it, you know, in a town that you hate? <laughs> well, I mean, we'll find out if I actually hate it. I just hate their yeah. hockey team. Fair enough. Um, did not see any of the players, like I said. 
didn't see their oh we did see their rink we drove by it but it's not really like in the city so nothing that reminded me too much of the Bruins so I didn't right. have to worry about it. that's good you yeah. been you would have been sick to your stomach the whole time mm-hmm. why not why don't you do you talk for a bit anything exciting did you go anywhere exciting this past week and a half no as exciting as Boston no almost as exciting as Boston <laughs> no you said you went to Florida twice. <laughs> I know. I was just seeing if you were looking at the sheet. No, I no, see it. Yeah. Uh, I went to Florida last week for work just for a quick a quick one-day little thing. Uh, we There's an opportunity to speak to a group of people uh, who were meeting for – they were doing like some sort of training, and they had like an all-day – they had an all-day training, and we had the opportunity to speak to them for about an hour. So uh, I went out there. This was not – your client or anything? No, it, no, it was oh. the client. Yeah. Oh, it client. was. Okay. Yeah. So it and was an extension of your current gig. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's part of the whole part. All part of the same thing. So we went out there. I mean, it, it was on the one hand, it was like really, it was. We always like opportunities like this to talk about the work that we're doing with larger groups and people who don't nec- we don't necessarily necessarily interact with every day. Uh, but we did, you know, essentially go to Florida for a fifty minute presentation. Uh, but which your is carbon, fine. Your carbon footprint is awesome, Sam. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> kidding, I don't kidding, think kidding. about that too much. Uh, but it was good. Like, actually, had some like really good conversations with people after it that were valuable. Uh, I think so. I did something, um, you know, pretty pretty bold, pretty you could even call it cocky. Uh, I I did not bring any pants uh, on this okay. trip, other than the pants that I was wearing. Because I was, mm-hmm. I was flying there in an afternoon to stay the night and then have our presentation in the morning and then fly back the next afternoon. And I figured, you know what? I'm going to travel So one light. pants trip. I'm going to travel so one minimal. I'm just going to wear the pants that I have on and I'll just bring some fresh underwear, some socks, and a shirt. And that was all mm-hmm. I packed. And I put it in my backpack with my iPad. And that was my entire, my entire packing, which I felt was pretty solid. I mean, I brought like a toothbrush and stuff. You know what they say? They only say you're ever you're only ever as good as the pants you have on, Sam. So well, I mean, the the risky thing was that I'm not known for being the most pristine of eaters, and I had to eat also, a couple yeah. meals uh, with those pants on, including one uh, at the airport and like balancing stuff on my lap. But you know what? I guess I was really on top of my game because I did it. I made it through. I was stainless, and by the time I came home, boom, just same pants, fresh as could be. No still stains, in those pants right now. Still, still wearing them right now. Never take uh, them off. I mean, I do only own three pairs of pants, so it's, I know. You know one day one we should talk about of... your we should talk about your wardrobe someday. Sure, it's not much to say, I guess. Really, is there? <laughs> it's pretty, pretty quick conversation. Yeah, we're uh, so we did that, things. which was good. Which, okay, and... Can I ask? Did you eat any notoriously sloppy foods while you were there? Anything that you would think like this is a ri- like this is this is a pulled pork sandwich just no, waiting to go? I ate like a pretty robust like hoagie in the airport mm-hmm. that had like dripping Italian. Uh, dressing coming off the back of it and uh that was probably the most risky thing otherwise i just had breakfast the next morning that i had to deal with and i didn't i think i had some like hotel like bagels or something i'll tell you what the word hoagie to me sounds dirty it sounds like a gross. hoagie (laughs) hoagie is the only word maybe one of the only words that like evokes like a smell for me (laughs) like saying something smells like a hoagie oh, oh yeah it smells terrible like sometimes when I'm feeling particularly gross, I describe myself as smelling like a hoagie, and I feel like it's really descriptive. 
I'm, I'm, actually, I'm approaching that. that. I'm approaching that right now at the end of oh, my day here. You're approaching hoagie level. Hoagie levels of steak. Peak hoagie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so then you went that, again. No, that's coming. That's coming up next week. Oh, okay. Kind of the same thing, except this time it'll be for an entire day with a team running a workshop. Okay. But it'll be at the same location, the same facility, flying down there. Uh, which I have, this is now the second time I've been to the Orlando airport. It still doesn't make any sense to me. It's the most mind-bogglingly laid out, laid out airport I've ever experienced. And I need to remember that every time I'm flying to Orlando, the plane is going to be chock full of kids. Because Oof. what's in Orlando? Oh, one of the Disneys or something? Yeah, or Walt- Disney. Yeah. Disney. Yeah. I don't know if it's Land or World. I was never really plugged into that yeah. uh, scene. But whatever, the kids are super into it, and uh, there's going to be a lot of kids on the plane. You know, kids are great, except when they're not. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's why you have noise-canceling headphones. Well, I didn't bring that last time because I was trying to pack real light, and I just had my AirPods, and it actually ended up being fine. That's that's but, too light, Sam. When you cut out the yeah, noise-canceling headphones, you're packing you know, too light. That's that's even riskier than bringing one pair of pants. It is. <laughs> yeah. So you're going back for work again, same thing, kind of? Yeah, more for the client, more or less. Except this time, my colleague from the ready will actually join me there instead of colleague from the client. Now, how many pants you bring? That's a good question, actually. Oh, man, I want to just bring one, but I feel like does that feel unnecessarily bold? Like it's a risk you don't need to take. I don't, but it feels so good to travel so light. Why? It's not like, I mean. It's not like your other choice is a giant like check bag. It's I like probably it's a backpack will, no matter what. I probably will bring an additional pair of pants because I don't want to spend an entire day in front of like an executive leadership team with stain on my pants. Or have to go shop and get a pair of pants. That's that's no fun. Yeah, exactly. Those are garbage pants. Or you could put on maybe like could you get a nice lightweight plastic pair of um like just little things you can slip over your pants when you eat <laughs> you take them I off. Could. I could possibly do that. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. You get them clear. It looks like you're still wearing your other pants. It's no big deal. Yeah, like a poncho. Mm-hmm. Poncho for your pants. <laughs> poncho pants. Poncho pants. <laughs> poncho for your legs. That's good. That's a good idea. I'm gonna write that down. Yeah, write that for down. Poncho for case, your legs. In case, in case farming doesn't work out for me, poncho yeah. pants. Yeah. Tm. All right. Tm. 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 So what else? Did what is? What's SVP? Sam? Senior Vice President. Uh, earlier this week, we. My colleague and I ran a retrospective with a senior vice president and her team, uh, which was good and a good opportunity for us to spend some time you know, showing that we are valuable and have good things to teach and share to someone with a lot of power in this organization. And it went really well. You know, they, she had never really been a part of a really tightly facilitated retrospective before, mm-hmm. so it was good that we were able to to show her what that was like. And from what we've been told is that she's been like talking about it to other people and was like really happy with it. So it was um, kind of a semi high stakes moment for us because we don't get to interact with her every day, but she is important to the organization in which we are working. So we mm-hmm. wanted to make sure we did a, a good job and it. I think, I think we did. So that was fun. This is probably important too, because this first six months or so is ending soon, right? November or when's your when's this end? Yeah, the contract ends at the end of November, and okay. we'll see if there's any any opportunity to continue continue on. I think there will be, but yeah, you're right. It, it was important for her to get some time with us and see what it is that we actually do, even though 
we're actually working with someone, you know, one of her direct reports, um, mm-hmm. it's always good to get some FaceTime with, with the next level up. How's the uh, actual project going? Have you guys surpassed the hump of the whole switching up the teams and, and getting a new crew and everything like that? Yeah, you feel I mean, like it's it moving feels, forward? It feels like it's going really well. Like we have a bunch of stuff in flight. We're starting to get see some really positive um, reactions to some of the stuff that we're doing. Like one of the things that we're always looking to see is how many teams and people are starting to reach out to us to get coaching or training or advising on the stuff that they that they have heard that we do and we're starting to get more and more of those requests which is a a really good sign that's sweet so how do you guys actually handle all that because do you have the time to meet with all these other teams or do you try and take someone from the team so you guys are obviously have your core team that you are working with is your goal to have one of them kind of teach you know yeah they become the ones that are able to give off some yeah. lessons on you know what to do, what they're doing, kind of thing. The initial requests we handle, Will and I kind of handle on our own, and our colleague on on the client side who works really close with us. We are kind of the team who will go out there and teach a team how to run action meetings or run a team chartering session, something like that. But the idea is that we are building the capacity internally for them to service their own requests. So basically, training a bunch of people internal to the organization to be like the ready. And mm-hmm. we're not anywhere close to that yet. We've only really only begun. And part of it is because we mostly are, they're like just volunteers at this point. Like there's not specific people who have their full-time job other than the one woman who we work with very closely, whose job it is to like make this stuff happen. So, yeah. and that's always, it's always a tough ask to have someone who is potentially interested in this stuff and thinks it's really exciting and wants to learn more, but they have to kind of do it on their own time. That's yeah. really tough because everyone is really busy. Um, so we're kind of so, navigating that right right now. Yeah. So I was going to ask. So because you said so you do have somebody whose job it is to whose like full time job it is to kind of handle some of this in within the client because this is I got to imagine that like um, this is a very large. I mean, having inside information, it's a very yeah. large company that you guys are doing this with. And hypothetically, when you guys have kind of made this shift and this change to where a lot of people within the company want to start implementing those within their own teams, that creates a ton of work for somebody somewhere within the company. Do Does the client hire somebody in to start handling that? Do they change somebody's job title who was originally doing something else to now being like you are essentially taking what you learned from the ready from what you've been doing with them and now you are the point person within this country within our our company because that seems like it creates like that's a full-time job right i mean yeah one of you could become a full-time you know hypothetically one of you could be doing this full-time within the company yeah and that's kind of where we're at i mean the woman we work with who is full-time doing this stuff she is basically building a team right now Mm -hmm. to to do just that so hiring actual either hiring internal people or even hiring some external people to be this team that is both capable of servicing these requests but also will be the team to help expand the training and and the coaching program so that more and more people can can do this Uh, because we don't we don't want to be the bottleneck to mm -hmm. this and early on, yeah. we're not because there's not enough requests. But eventually, you're right. You get to this point where there's more stuff, more requests for help coming in than the three of us or the four or five of us can can handle. Yeah. So what's before you come in? So she was obviously already at the company. What was her kind of like, I mean, I don't, give, don't have to give too much away, but like right. what was her title within 
the client and the company? What was she? Was she like an, is that an HR person? Is that a, a, what is like their title before there's this whole new way of, you know, I'm not even sure what her title was before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know she wasn't in HR. I know, I know mm-hmm. that. Um, so this has kind of grown somewhat organically since we've been there. Like her role has changed since we have started working together and it has gotten larger and bigger, larger and bigger, the same word, uh, has gotten, <laughs> has gotten larger. Um, and she's had more responsibilities as we have worked together, uh, longer. That's kind of the ideal scenario though for you guys. I mean, this is how yeah. the natural growth chart works for when you guys come into work with a company, right? This is a sign of obvious, obvious progress on your part, but also it eventually is going to hit this point no matter what that ideally that, that there are so many requests for the things that you guys are doing that somebody within the company has to do this kind of thing. Yeah. Ideally, I mean, ideally the company makes a real commitment to building this internal capacity and they realize that it can't just be like one full-time person and a bunch of volunteers. It has to be a group of people who are explicitly looking at this type of work and doing this type of work. And I don't know, I don't think we fully made that case successfully yet, but we're certainly, um, on the path and and, you know and part of this reorg that we got swept up in was i think a little bit of a recognition of this transformation work is important and requires true executive sponsorship and um you know all of that has been good signs yeah and i have to imagine that she can hypothetically make that case as she is swamped in in requests and for her time and we're we're helping her with that too kind of how do you how do you do that so it's good. You- Everything feels really good at the at the project. I, I'm really enjoying it. The people are great. The project is is a lot of fun. Um, you know, a good mix of going into the office versus staying and working from home versus traveling. So, how's a uh, quick quick update? How's not having an office going? Really good. Loving- I uh, yeah. it's, it's been funny to watch all the the drama around WeWork over the past couple of weeks. Um, as knowing that I had just kind of stopped my membership there. Uh, but no, I like What's, I like oh, wait, working wait. from home. Update me. I'm not hip to the news cycle. What's going I mean, on? We work. They 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 submitted their S one, which is um, this document that you have to put out um, in preparation for your IPO, your initial public offering, and it was just like a bunch of stuff came out of that S one where people essentially realized like this company is <coughs> not on secure financial footing. It doesn't make any sense. It's massively overvalued. And over in the past couple over the past couple of weeks, they've they have lowered their valuation, they have gotcha. delayed their IPO, and they have pushed out their CEO. So this is a quick, quick uh, economics uh, lesson would be, it's going public with an IPO? Yeah, is that what you're talk- yeah, trying to do? So they're, trying so, to, they're so not public right their, now. They're not public. They want to go gotcha. public. They want to sell their shares on the public markets. That's what an IPO is. Yeah. And as part of that process, basically they're under a lot of scrutiny and they're realizing there's you know the the financial footing the their their financial model their financial their business model really is questionable at best and mm-hmm. there's a bunch of kind of whack stuff with their CEO and governance and how how much control he has over the company um, so it's just been interesting there's been a lot of drama around the company uh, recently yeah. it's um makes a little bit of sense so every time we've traveled specifically when we went to Durham and Raleigh and being in Boston um, in other places, the the WeWork spaces always. I mean, they look amazing and they're beautiful. Yeah, they, are. they are huge buildings. <laughs> I cannot believe how many floors they had in Durham or Raleigh, yeah. or 
you know, the, some of the nicest real estate in both those cities was dedicated, at least a portion of it, to WeWork. So I was always amazed. I thought they were a lot smaller of a company than they were until I started no, to witness, like, like what type of real estate they owned in these cities, or at least were renting at the time. Um, like in Boston specifically, it was like, oh my goodness, like, yeah. all right, these guys must be raking in money so they can afford this. But it turns out well, maybe, maybe that's not they, happening. I mean, they 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 rake in a lot of money. The revenues are very high, but also it's a very there's very low margin, so they don't. They're not making a ton of profit uh, on on this, and they've been mostly focused not on making profit. They've been they've been focused on expanding, which is mm-hmm. not unreasonable. A lot of companies have been doing the same thing, but that basic approach is um, harder. Basically, it works really well for technology companies because of the nature of software. But we so WeWork is trying to argue that they are a technology company when I think it's much much they are much more closer to a real estate company. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I mean their their yeah. main thing they do is rent out. They buy. To they, people, uh, they they right? they buy buildings and then they sublease. Um, they buy or lease buildings and then they sublease. You know, small areas of that to short term uh, people who need space. Interesting. Okay. So you're, anyway, so you're, yeah. So you're enjoying being out of there. Yeah, it's, it's I like, going, I like still it. Going I'm, I'm enjoying working from home quite a bit. So. You're not too distracted. No, today, man, today was so focused. I had a I, this whole week has actually been really focused. It's been great. When you work at home, do you bump you bump in productivity tunes? You have, I'm guessing you're not. It's hard to do productive work when you listen to a podcast. In the so morning guess- or any sort of writing, I'm either listening to nothing or some instrumental music. Uh, in the afternoon, I'm just doing admin work. Sometimes I'll listen to podcasts. And if I'm yeah. taking a break or eating lunch or something, I'll have a podcast or an audio book on. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. Thanks for the update on your on your personal working. No problem. Well, <laughs> I think we need to close out today by me teaching you a weeding game. You don't want my two other quick life updates? Oh, oh, wait, sorry. I thought, oh my God, yeah, we need your other life updates. One of those is a big deal, Sam. Yeah, all right. We're, we're 49 minutes in, so you got to keep it kind of tight. Oh, it'll be tight. It's not all that right. interesting. All right. Um, well, one of them is just farm updates. The farm updates alone are, are, are quick, easy to pass over. I was right. just talking about how in recent episodes, how things are slowing down. Obviously, that's continuing. Um, basically, we're no longer planting stuff in the field. Um, we're ripping out a lot of our major staples of like tomatoes and things like that. Um, so that's all kind of like the farm is we've transitioned from doing the cover crop that I was mentioning before, where we plant stuff to protect the soil to mulching where we put hay over the soil. Um, it's just based on timeline basically. Um, and so the farm itself, nothing too crazy there. The other thing that I have on there is that I got another job, which, what is it? Um, well I keep it nice and tight here in the Weber, uh, you know, restaurant group. Um, and basically the, so next door you saw was the wedding venue. Um, and I just met at one of the farm dinners, the, the manager basically for the barn, the wedding venue is always needing help setting up events. So basically moving tables around, moving chairs, prepping everything for a wedding the day before. You're a setter Um, up. Yeah. So I've been, I've did my first shift yesterday setting up for a wedding that was going on today actually. Um, so it's very minimal like hours in general, but it's the kind of thing where we talk about more, uh, eventually about me picking up work for the fall and winter and how a farmer fills their time and, and you know, what can I do to not go crazy? It sounds like I'll be able to, um, balance work at the barn. Um, plus maybe picking up bar backing shifts for weddings. Say, there's gotta be, are there any like, um, restaurant gigs that you could do within the restaurant group? Yeah, I think I'd rather... I'd rather be at the barn just because it's 
you can be way more flexible there because their their events are more sporadic. I mean, they still have weekend events pretty often, um, smaller ones, not always big weddings. But um, I'm not looking for full time work necessarily, and the grill would really like you at the actual restaurant to be right. pretty consistent. So gotcha. for me, it's really nice to be able to pop in three, four days a week at the barn, pick up, you know, four hour, five hour shifts or bar back for a wedding or work a double or something for them. Um, then to go into serving. And I, I really don't want to get into the food. They even asked me at the barn if I wanted to serve, um, food for weddings and I would much rather be a bar back or set up for events. Right. Well, so because you don't want to interact with people. Exactly, and that's kind of why I farm. So okay. <laughs> we've covered that. That's uh, fair. You're not that different. You're kind of the same no, way. Well, I mean, you know, you, you God, my entire job is interacting but you, with people. But you even but stated that. But I like my that. quiet time. I like my exactly. quiet time. Yes. Um, so anyways, that was my, I did my first shift right. yesterday. That's cool. Um, I'll, I'll continue to update how it goes. But it was, it was nice to be able to literally, again, walk even closer. Um, my commutes <laughs> combined are less than a quarter mile to both of these jobs. So... I probably won't if this keeps going well and don't you know, I get the hours. I probably won't pick up UPS or something like that, which will be nice because I don't have a car. Um, right. So yeah, that was just the first time. Cool. I was kind of away from going into either of the restaurant or the you know the restaurant or the barn for work, but this is kind of up my up my alley. So I mean, we'll, it doesn't get much more convenient. It does not, and you know what? Moving tables and chairs, I can handle that. That's, uh, that's <laughs> so, within your skill set. It's within my skill. Pick things up and put them down. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much what I can do. So. Nice. All right, you're gonna teach me a weeding game. Yeah, and this actually comes. This comes from Emily. It's actually an improv game. Okay. But when we were in the pool the other day, we were trying to. We were tired of playing the one, and you gave us a three-player one, which is not helpful. Uh, well, I was. I was hoping Sam can be honest. I was hoping you make a friend. I was hoping you make a friend. Yeah. Well, we didn't. Uh, <laughs> so there's a game, an improv game, kind of a warm-up game called Mind Meld, and it's good for two people. And the way it works is that you and another person, you go, you count, you like one, two, three, and then you each say a word, like any completely random word. And then you both have a little bit of time to think, and then you go one, two, three, and you both say another word. And you keep doing that until you both say the same word. Does it happen pretty quick? It, it, it can happen pretty quick. So do you, want to, do you want to try doing it live right now? So a word could be any noun? Yeah. So let's just, just, just think of any word, yeah. and I will think of any word. Do we say it after three? So we'll go one, two, three, and then you'll say it. Yeah. All right. Ready? Ready. Yep. One, two, three. three. iPad. <laughs> okay. iPad so cheese. now, so now we just like take a second to think. Like, all right, now, I said iPad. Think you of, said you cheese. You think of totally new words, right? Well, you think that you're trying to you're trying to get to uh, the, where you say the same word. Gotcha. So, so this is this is a hard one though. Um, okay, I, so I'm we, good. So my goal is hypothetically to stay within the range of iPad and cheese. Like, where would your brain go next? Exactly. We're trying to mind meld here on, on the iPad and oh, cheese. This is a lot harder. Right. Now I'm stuck for words. Wait, uh, don't don't overthink it. I am, but okay, good. All right, ready? Yep. One, two, three, slap. On you. <laughs> I went, I went, I don't know why I went fondue when I felt like maybe that was somehow the combination I, of iPad and I cheese. I don't either. Okay, hold on. Let me, so slab and fondue. Um, Ooh. Mm. Okay, so I see. We should be looking for like synonyms or words that require I mean, those Yeah, I mean, or, or you, I mean, you kind of also have to like know your partner and see like what yeah. they might think. Um, Mm-hmm. Oh, this is going to oh. be a weird one. Okay. We might be doing this all night long. Are you ready? Yeah, well, we're not going to turn our podcast in this. We might just right. stop it after this one. All right. One, <laughs> two, three, extension <Steak>. cord. 
pond. How did you get that from slab? I don't know. I was thinking like hot oil and like <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I was, I was struggling. How do you get steak? steak? Because you can have a slab of steak and you put oh. steak in fondue. Oh God, you're you're right. You were very you're you're right. All right, let's. I, I, uh, let's this, ideally, Extension this would be so cool. I'm going to text you a word because ideally it would be great if the podcast could just add one, two, three, pencil sharpener. We no, said we'll, the same we'll thing. It. It's over. Here we go. Okay, so extension cord and steak. Wait. Um, this is this is getting silly. Okay, ready? One, no, two. No, wait, I'm not. This is how I have a word yet. <laughs> one. Oh, okay. One, two, three. three cows. Drill. Extension All right, here we go, cow? here we go. Cows and grill. Come on, we got this. Ready? Okay, yep. One, what? two, three. Hamburgers. Burgers. Yeah, <laughs> we did it. And this has been Fields of Work slash Mind Meld. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> oh.